The Boiled Sports Handsome Hour is sponsored by Martin Vintage and AJ's. Visit martinvintage.com for an excellent selection of Purdue t-shirts. Enter Boiled at checkout to get 20% off your entire order. And if you're hungry, head on over to AJ's on Vine Street in West Lafayette. Founded by a couple of Purdue alums, you'll love their new location, burgers, beer selection, and sit-down classy atmosphere. In fact, just wear your Martin Vintage shirt to AJ's and you're good. I sent you guys the image of the Idaho Potato Bowl <laughs> solution. <laughs> Michael goes, "Oh, that's real." Because <laughs> it, we have to. Now that we're talking year. about it, we have to put that up. Michael's with the comment. Michael's comment was the best. Uh, Solich's face screams, "My friends died in the war." <laughs> Even uh, as he's having he soggy is... French fries dumped on him, he had the same face. <laughs> So those those French fries are they greasy? Do you think? I would think they would. I be, think right? so. Probably they've been <laughs> sitting in a cooler for two hours. You couldn't dump hot French fries on someone, so they're gonna be. Yeah. They, they came right out of the fryer. Or yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the Handsome Hour. Uh, there are dozens, denizens, frenzied, I'm using as many words as these as I can, at the gates, begging, begging, pleading for more content. Handsome Hour. Content. Just content. content. Record something. We want to hear your voice. Anything. Anything. Yes. So, right. I mean, talk about anything you want. We may talk about politics, religion, um, you know, religion church and, and state. Well. I think, yeah, I mean... You know, usual stuff. This is Jay. I'm joined by Boiler Dowd and uh, the political junkie of Boiled Sports, Nish Ramaswamy, who gets many comments anytime he puts up something, even tangentially political on his Twitter. I wonder. Stick I wonder. to sports, Nish. Yeah, because I get paid to, <laughs> for this nonsense. My favorite is when you get that. If somebody, we've always tried to keep the boiled sports feed about Purdue sports generally. I mean, there's a little yeah, peripheral stuff, but fun. but it's not. We, we keep it about the sports because that is why you follow us. But yours is a personal feed. I always think that's hilarious when people tell you you can't have an opinion. That's one of my favorites. What I I look to have as much input for how to, for what to talk about and when to talk about it uh, as possible. This is what I. Uh... So please please continue to let Anish know what he can and can't talk about. <laughs> Yeah. And generally, I think it's a good practice for anybody on Twitter to tell people what they can and can't do. Yeah. I, my I handle, can... my handle, it's, it's tell me exactly what you want me to say, and uh -huh. I will say it. My handle is at the railroad tie <laughs> on Twitter. <laughs> just don't just give me a, away. Don't, don't give me a follow on. I've got a thick just skin. Tell me, just at just at me, and you know, just tell me, tell me what you would like. Yeah, yeah, at the yeah. railroad tie on Twitter. Do you guys? I, I, I'm I'm asking a serious question here for a second. Is there? I, I know Jay and I have been doing a uh, you know a you know kind of a, a cast for a while, podcast for a while. Is there a basketball one? I don't I don't know. I've never. There was. There was on hiatus, I think. Oh, okay. not this decade. <laughs> 
I think I think that um, I think that the the game in Louisville uh, against Virginia may have may have killed a lot of things, and that may have been one of them. Although I do think the last handful of the basketball beats were not featuring the original host. Um, I think it was featuring other people. Right, that's true. But, that's really true. But we're here today to talk about. Uh, we're going to spend a little time on Purdue football, basketball. Uh, it's a little hodgepodge. It's a new year. It's the first handsome hour of 2020. Look at that. It's right? a big deal. It's yeah. momentous. I call it. It really is. Just yet another decade. What is it, a third decade of podcasting? I think might actually be. <laughs> I mean, yeah. How? <laughs> yeah. Uh, mercy. We've, we've yeah. Well, we've eked out 150 podcasts and. 12 years, 13 years. <laughs> it's really not that much. Um, <laughs> so uh, the first thing that happened, and you addressed this in the quick cast, but um, I definitely think it's worth us talking about a little bit more, is Purdue's hiring of Nick Holt's replacement, um, Bob Diaco, who's only a little bit older than Ben Holt. No, he's, he's a little older than that. He's about 46 now, I think. He looks he, very young, though. Well, he was, he was at Notre Dame... Starting at like thirty nine, I think, right, something right. like that. He was there a few years, and then and then he got he he as you said, he was the architect of the team's defense that went to the national title game. Yep, yep. And and maybe you said this, but it, has he been sort of like dining out on that for the last seven or eight years? I mean, is that kind of because I also look at like you know it's helpful when you have Manti Teo. I mean, he had some good players on that defense too. I always oh, worried. That, that, like, that was a very talented team. He, I mean, he did. He had that defense geared very well to the talent, um, and it was just it was it was a very talented group. I think there were probably five NFL players off that that Notre Dame defense. So that's that's a good group. You, you can't discount that. Um, but yeah, I think he. You know, that was his high point. That was. I mean, so, so far, but. After his national title with Purdue, it's going to be, you know, Fat City again. But, but you know, like this is what we've been talking about for a while is that he went from Notre Dame defensive coordinator where he was assistant coach of the year in America. And then he went to UConn where for one year uh, they gave him some grace. The second year they got six wins. The third year he was fired. Mm-hmm. And then he went to, uh, I believe, the next stop was Nebraska. He coached under Riley, and that did not go well from the jump. And I've gotten some information from people around Nebraska that that wasn't all his fault. There, there were problems there. the The Nebraska fan base did not welcome Riley. Riley did some things that were unusual right away. Um, so he was on his way out of the door pretty quickly. Um, then he was a linebacker coach at Oklahoma, and then his last stop, of course, was Louisiana Tech under Sonny Dykes, where he got that defense playing pretty darn well. Again, statistically, they're back to where he was before Notre Dame, which was the, what was Kelly's stop? Cincinnati, right? So they were like a top 30 defense, a high 20s, low 30s defense. Um, So so he's been all over the place. The the Nebraska defense was really, really bad. They were one of the worst in the Big Ten. They were in the hundreds in total defense, so – question is what is he now that louisiana you know that louisiana tech defense was really solid and they they were a bend but don't break they they were they were the best red zone defense in america um so that's exactly what 
a, a friend of mine who's a Notre Dame guy said to me, like he said, he said he was a big bend but don't break. Like he his his teams were really good on scoring defense and really pedestrian in yardage defense. And he's like, they would give up and then they would stiffen. And he's like, it all depends on the kind of players you have, you know, if that's really going to work. But it's interesting that you bring that up with Louisiana Tech because that sounds like that's always what he's done or always what he's sort of coached, which if you can bend the will or not bend the will, if you can shape a defense that well, then that's, I think, positive. I think that's good that you can say this is this is who we're going to be. This is our identity, right? We talk about that all the time, right? You got to have some sort of an identity as to how you're going to operate. You gave us an interesting factoid. Didn't you tell me his red zone doesn't begin on the 20? I don't know if I said that. I heard that too. Maybe we were in the same place. Right? <laughs> mm-hmm. Huge difference. It, I don't understand it. I, I think somebody said Just... Bob Diaco's red zone begins on the 23, and I, I don't get it, but that's a little taste of what we might get with Bob Diaco. You can There's, give up two I'm first sure. downs and still not be in the end zone. Maybe that's why. I don't know. Maybe Maybe it's a, it, Sorry, Anish, go ahead. Yeah, I'm, I, there's some sort of uh, sports talking head point that you can say, wow, he's just he's three yards more uh, in tune than the normal defensive end. But I think he's just a lunatic. I mean, like, you know, I think that's I think that's what Brom like. I think Brom likes these lunatic, these lunatic bins. Yeah. yeah, Holt was kind of <laughs> crazy. Yeah, kind of. <laughs> Holt was such a nice brand of crazy, and I don't know enough about Diaco to to say what brand of crazy it is. I just do agree there is some crazy there. Um, is it worrisome crazy? I don't know. It could be we'll really see. good. We'll see. Exactly. That's. I mean, I don't know if you guys have been keeping an eye. Eron Hodges had a real quick shout out with uh, Coach Diaco earlier today, and it just said, "I'm here with a, a defensive coordinator everybody wants to play for." Super enthusiastic guy, and um, and then he just said something like, "Get get it" or something, something like that. Um, but the funny thing is, he has gotten better with handling the media since the Nebraska chapter. Meaning, he has self-imposed a bit of a choker on himself, saying, "Okay, I'm not going to get out in front of the mic, even when the coach says I can. I'm just not going to do it because I think he knows he's gotten ahead of himself a couple well, didn't, times. Didn't didn't the uh, that that friend of ours on Twitter, who's a very nice guy who lives in Nebraska, didn't he describe it as? Didn't he say something like their first game at Nebraska? Part of the reason he got off to a tough start was he didn't realize he was supposed to go talk to the media in Nebraska, right. like as a DC, uh-huh. and then he and they were like, "No, you have to go out there and talk to them." And he's like, "I don't want to do that." And it, from then on, it was like. Nebraska media, because there's nothing else to cover once they decide you're a jerk. And and as we said, he was there for with Mike Riley. So that didn't have much of a chance. No. Um, so hopefully he's learned a little bit from that. Um, I didn't realize the order of things and the quick, like, he was with Mike Riley. Then he was with Lincoln Riley, and apparently he ran out of Riley's to, to coach under. But he was at Connecticut in 16, Nebraska in 17, Oklahoma in 18, Louisiana Tech in 19, Purdue in 20. Yeah. He's literally not been anywhere for longer than a year. Since the 1560. And so the other interesting uh, part of his story that I've been reading up a bit about is he never moved his family to Louisiana. Um, I believe he's going to move his family to Lafayette. He's kind of a Midwestern guy, I believe. I think he's from the Midwest. But he's lived he's lived in the Midwest multiple times in different locations. Um, but he did not move his family to Louisiana. So... I mean, I, I would think that would be a sign of. He's actually a um, he's actually a New Jersey guy, 
Huh. Born in, okay. born in, in New Jersey, went to high school in New Jersey. Um, but then he and went to he went to Iowa and played linebacker at Iowa, which I did not realize. Right, right. And then he coached someplace else. Then he coached in uh, Cincinnati or Central Michigan with Kelly. Cincinnati. Cincinnati. Cincinnati with him. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, and Notre um, Dame. He's been in the Midwest a lot. Nebraska, Oklahoma. I mean, yep. if you count that yep. as the Midwest, I think we do. Yep. Um, that's an interesting thing. He didn't move his family to Louisiana. That <laughs> that tells the team a lot, doesn't it? Yeah. I, I, I got a motel room out by the highway. I'm fine. I'm It'll good. Be good. It'll be good. Don't worry about it. Pay no attention to where I'm staying. It doesn't yeah. matter. You focus on matter. your assignments. Yeah. yeah. But I, I, I am, I'm, I'm excited to see what's going to happen. I, I, I don't know. Why? Can I inquire? Why am I Not excited? that I am not excited, but uh-huh. like, we, are we just like talking around this? Like, this kind of seems weird, doesn't it? This seems like a little bit of an odd hire. And it's okay to be a little trepidatious. Well, I don't know how much of an right? odd hire it is. When I was looking, I'll tell you, the only reason it's an odd hire is because his sound bites. Yeah, he, I mean, like lunatic, he fits yeah. the bill, though. Like if, if if you went through, I mean, obviously it's it's like I said, it's been a little bit till Louisiana Tech. He was he was going down a slope, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but the resume is what I was really looking at. Do you remember I, I talked about this? And I don't know if you guys, I wouldn't if wait, that's not the right thing. To say. You don't have to watch the quick cast if you don't want to as a staff member because you hear it already. Uh, <laughs> but the. Um, uh, one of the quick casts, I talked about what I thought he'd hire and it wasn't from insider information or anything like that, but I just thought he was go after another guy that had head coaching experience. Mm-hmm. I think he wanted a guy that had that type of resume. So if you look, he was DC at one of the blue bloods during a, a very, very good period of time. And he was a head coach and he was DC at the blue, one of the blue bloods again, if you want to call Nebraska that, um, I mean, I on, on paper, that makes sense. Um, no, yeah, and and everybody. Saying... It's got to be better than the way it's been under Holt. It really does. It has to um, for for the program's sake, in my opinion. Well, so how much of the whole thing was, was injuries? How much was it scheme? I think it was. I mean, like you know, you you lose the heart and soul of your defense this year, and um, it doesn't look like the scheme was built around um was built to be malleable enough to withstand some of the major injuries that we're seeing this year probably you know out of the eight best defenders how many were how many were missing for most of the season like at least four and so you know you're you're missing a good amount of talent and so yeah I, i get it it's another coach with head coaching experience at a failed head coaching stop but that's okay he's a good dc at one uh yeah good dc when he was a dc he was he's a fiery personality i mean like on paper what is the differentiator here between him and hold it's just it it just seems to be to another me, guy for the sake of another guy well right i i think it kind of is and i i think it may be as simple for brahm as if you're gonna get paid top 20 in america money we have to have a defense that's top 30 or 40 and produce defense, not just this year. Last year was not very good either. The first year Holt was on campus. The defense was sound. The second year was pretty bad. The third year was pretty bad. And the third year I think is it's really fair to throw that out because of injury. I really think so. Um, The problem was, I think more than anything, if you look at, they played one game where they were doing things that were kind of unique and taking risks. I think that was, Wisconsin remember they were shifting guys you know they yeah. were not they were they were moving around a lot um 
he was trying to do some unique things, but really quickly they fell back into that really, really lousy zone that had so much space and was getting picked apart. And it was one of those things, again, we've seen this at Purdue a couple times, good running teams could run or pass on that defense, right? So I think that's really the the thing. It, if, if I was going to go with my gut right now, especially since we know that Diaco is more than normal, more than often a 3-4 coach, I think it's going to take a year or two for him to get that thing really installed well. So, and that, so that's another thing that kind of worries me is this scheme as well. Um, I don't think his scheme fits the talent. and I think that's the seems, biggest concern. I and agree. because he's a loony bin, I don't think that he is going to be, um, yeah. I don't think he's going to expect the players or he's going to adjust his scheme for the players he has now. I think he's going to expect his players to adjust for his scheme. And that's not necessarily the best way to coach. You know, I mean, like you, you have to, you have to coach around the play. And so, and maybe he'll come out in the spring game with a four, three, it'll be fine. Uh, you know, Karlaftis will be in a great place to succeed. And it, you know, the linebackers will be great, especially with the linebacking depth. It's like we have no linebacking depth. We have strengths on the defensive line. And we hired this historic 3-4 uh, uh, coach. And it's, it's, it's a little odd, right? Absolutely. And the I think that, to me, is the biggest story of this hire. Not personality, not weird quotes. It's the fact that it's a, he's primarily a 3-4 guy. And I do not see a lot of success here unless we see an interjection of talent via Juco players. And there's still time. There are guys that are very much on Purdue's radar that supposedly we're going to get announcements in the next two, three days. I guess you have to, right? School starts up very soon. Um, So I think you'll have uh, some transfers coming, but I don't see, you know, four new linebackers coming in that all were starters last year and are seniors. There's a really good thing. Uh, this is a bit unrelated, but related that Purdue may get a uh, a big offensive lineman transfer. I'm hearing so that would be a very, very good thing. Um, and all of a sudden, if you get this fifth year transfer offensive lineman, you, the the line looks pretty good right away because got some guys are healthier and there there are some. Young guys that, I mean, physically, well, this you, is... You tweeted that one, that holy kid. moly. Matt Calton, Kaltenberger, Kaltenberger. Kaltenberger, yeah, he's, uh, he's from he's out here. He is, that's the big old offensive lineman. He is here. massive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's enrolling years now. Old. 18 years oh, old. Oh, my God. He's enrolling yeah. now. He'll be playing yeah. in the fall. Yeah. I, and yeah. so they, I mean, they need I, help. It's good. I, I mean, and to, <laughs> to me, the, the worrisome part, is I mean the offense is healthy, I, you know the we talk about the quarterback floor and the quarterback question, um, but with Brom it seems to be that the the floor performance of whatever quarterback is going to be a certain level of fine. Um, the weapons are going to be excellent. The offensive line looks to be a year improved. The running game looks to be a year improved. The offense should be, by all accounts, pretty good, which is why actually. Jay, the 
the stat that you gave at the beginning here was actually the most worrisome, which is they were really Bob Diaco defenses historically have been really great at takeaways, but really mediocre pedestrian when it comes to yardage. And honestly, with the, with a powerful offense like this and a transition that's going to happen, I'd rather have the opposite. I'd rather have a conservative um, defense that make sure that you know it takes away the um rpos and it takes away those underneath throws but it but may might not go for every single interception every single fumble but it but plays it a little bit safer because the offense is going to be powerful enough to um to do it and then as the years go by it's going to transition but to me that yardage is the that's what i look at especially like even on um you know, this is the thing where you do, and uh, uh, when you're looking at what who the best wide receivers are in the NFL, right? You don't look at the touchdown numbers because touchdown numbers, honestly, from year to year, can vary a lot just because of situations, because of just luck. But you look at yardage. You look at who is most consistently at the you know getting the most yards, and you know players like Julio Jones are always there because those are the excellent players. To me, that yardage number is what's really worrisome. So it's just like there are a lot of these, there are a lot of these flags. I don't know. Well, he has a history of, of <clears throat> what I was saying was he has a history of his teams don't, they're, they're usually a good scoring defense. Sure. And, and if they improve the scoring defense, let's just say, let's generalize here. If they improve Purdue's scoring defense, but they give a lot of yards up and down the field, I could talk myself into that being okay because let it tire offenses out. Now, it tires your defense out, too. And if you don't have that's a lot it. of talent, that's an issue. More but it gives your offense time to be ready to get back on the field. If they're it. not giving up points, if you let them go 60, 70 yards and they kick a field goal, and your offense is fresh, I could talk myself we into that. We haven't seen that in, in a while. Right. See, that's, I mean, a, that's the kind of defense I want for this team. This is, that's, what, that's what was so promising about 04 you know, oh three, oh four, oh five, that stretch of Purdue, um, where they still had that high powered offense, but all of a sudden there were, you know, a double digit number of pro defenders on there. And so that was when you could get your defense to buy a lot of time to get let the offense catch their breath a little bit. By the way. Um, yeah. So well I just was this is completely jumping because why would we ever stay on topic? But I just happened to look up that gentleman we were talking about, Kaltenberger. He's a Six five two eighty five, at eighteen years old. Seems like a healthy individual. Coach Tiller would have said that's a that's a frame you can hang weight on. <laughs> so he's two eighty five, but he's probably going to be three twenty lean, right? He's going to still grow, isn't he? He's eighteen, maybe a little more. Six 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 seven three hundred three ten. Just Coach keep going. Gosh, I'm okay with six five three ten. I'm okay with that. You're oh. about you're you're almost you're like you're near that. that's almost me exactly yeah. that's yeah, yeah, very yeah. similar it's well, just three ten yeah yeah that's fine <laughs> so I think to, to try to assuage Anisha's concerns I I like here's what I like about Diaco he was a head coach I don't I do think to that point I think that's a decent thing that's yeah. good he now now the risk of course is <laughs> could he if Brahm was ever plucked away, does that mean Bob Diaco becomes Purdue's head coach? I guess they could do worse, but I mean, in in twenty when was Brahm hired? Sixteen was yeah. when we uh, made the joke that Bob Diaco at the at that time he had just come off of 
coordinating Notre Dame successfully and he was at UConn, we made the joke when we put together our big 50 coach list that the perfect Morgan Burke hire would be Bob Diaco because it's like he had he had one okay season uh, at UConn. He was from the Midwest. He was a Notre Dame guy. He's cheap. And you bring him home, right, right? I don't think I don't think that's how this new regime. No, I don't either. Um, but he's he's youngish. Forty six is still not old to have the amount of experience that he has. No. Um, th- there are things I don't mind the crazy energy. I mean, we've talked about that. That Holt was. But I want if I team. if I want a crazy energy uh, assistant or coordinator, it's going to be Shepard all yeah. day for me. That'd mm-hmm. be my choice. But Shepard because... doesn't have enough experience to be a DC, does he? Right. Uh, well, he's OC. Yeah, he's yeah, but. But to be a and head coach, so so and and the other option was Poindexter, right? If, right. if you were going to um, promote from inside, but Poindexter was um, was Bob Diaco's defensive coordinator when he was at UConn. So mm. there's that, you know, there's that connection. Yeah. Um, that's why Poindexter didn't seem to be too miffed at, uh, you know, being uh, being looked over for you know for the DC spot, right? So, so if I was gonna decipher all those words, Anish, I think what I you would say is, w- with the two choices, will Diaco be really, really good or great? You'd probably only say really, really, good. really good. Uh, maybe not two reallys, uh, just really good. Just really good. Okay, good. Yeah. Good. I have my reservations, but I do think that next year is going to be, is still shaping up to be pretty special. Um, but I, I do have to be honest. It was a little bit underwhelming when they announced him as um, the DC, especially at that salary. Well, let me ask it this way, and maybe there's not an easy answer to this, but who were you hoping for? How You're underwhelmed by, by Bob Yaka. Who would have whelmed you? You know who I was hoping for, Dan. He's uh, I wanted, I, I wanted Marcus Freeman. I wanted Freeman. I mean, I, oh, yeah. I, th- I think, did you want but Freeman too, Jay? Because that was, that was an Eastern but that might not be. But that might not have been a viable thing. He might not have you know, left Cincinnati for anything. Yeah. Yeah. Um, right. It seemed to be he's hitching his bandwagon to, to Luke Fickle, which is not a bad decision to, you know, to go do. It's a rocket ship. Um, but it's just like of the experienced guys, especially with the money that was being offered neighborhood of $800,000, you know, it's not like there's some home run hire out there that was obvious and that Purdue kind of missed on, Uh, but you know, and it's also not to say that Bob Diaco is a bad hire. I think he's perfectly fine. But there's uh, there are a good more than a few warning signs that uh, it is a difficult fit, especially when you needed someone first and foremost to come in and win with the defense next year, mm-hmm. because next year is going to be a huge one for Purdue. Yeah. So yep. I don't know. It, it, it just that's all. Yep. Uh, well, you mean good, 20, good stuff. You mean twenty twenty is a huge. When you say next, you mean this next coming mm-hmm. season is a big one, right? This, yeah, right? No, this I just want to make sure I understood. Yeah, yeah, I got it. Like you don't have a year to implement a three-four. But I, but, but then the only other thing you do is you could have kept Holt. You could have run it back one more year. And I think Brom had seen enough. And I think we all, you know, you can you can talk about last year. I, I, I want to give him the benefit of the doubt too on injuries, but like you, you could see, <laughs> even given what they had, you could see. You did not see because the first year he was there, we all marveled at how that coaching staff took a 
horrible Hazel team and made them a bowl team. So his, if you can do that, defense, his defense has progressively got more disappointing for yeah. sure. Yeah. Right. And, which, and that, that the first guys... team swarmed to the ball, right? They were energetic. They were sound tackling. They didn't just try to blow people up. And when you're a high energy guy like that and your defenses are getting worse, that's not a good sign. That means your message is wearing off. So right. I, maybe it is just a new guy for sake of a new guy. Maybe, maybe. But, but here, here's one thing I've been thinking about too. He's a high energy guy. He's a guy who gets emotional. He's a guy who coached in Nebraska and did not enjoy his time there. And that's where he gets to start. How big does that true. game? Like if they go in there and shut down Nebraska, Bob Diaco is beloved already at Purdue. Oh, Purdue. Yeah. right away. If that defense and, plays and great. He, he shakes, he shakes the. If he can do that, I, I assume the offense will be good enough to to win. He he destroys the Jeff Brom first game woes right the early. Got to end eventually, doesn't it? Doesn't yeah, it? Uh, a bullet sports on the road summit, maybe. <laughs> I would it's, love to be there for that. Bullet sports know, road trip. I would love to. Uh, let's lining up the the uh, the Central Indiana uh, group. I can just say me <laughs> right now that I'm sure. Are you going to go uh, and up? LBD? Yeah. You going oh, to Nebraska? Breaking yeah. news! Breaking news! We yep. have to get the LBD news and I are going to go to Lincoln. So. so the flag will be flying regardless of. I thought I thought it was multiple. already done deal. I guess I'm just going to have to. I thought you guys were were in. I I'm in. So. Uh, well, now I you're putting you the pressure. Now you're yes. putting the pressure on the money. Yes. Oh man, he wants to. I see it in his eyes. Oh, you know, you know who you're talking to here. <laughs> who wants to see uh, Nebraska lose at Nebraska more than me? Come on, yeah. the bustling town of Lincoln. Oh, oh I'm dreaming. Oh, Scott Frost, Nebraska. You got Jeff some Brown. time to think of it, but 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 I think you ought to make a decision tonight. <laughs> that's how that's how like coaching football hires i think work mm-hmm. i'll right. think about it but i would like you to decide before you leave my office <laughs> otherwise we, we have, have another judge. person speaking of the, the you, your giants hired judge joe brown oh, did man. they <laughs> something like that. <laughs> now i don't i don't want to be one of these because you know we've all joked about this like all teams have terrible fans right all fans are pretty much terrible we can pretty much agree there are no good fans right it's not like one franchise oh those fans are great no they're all there's always morons so i'm not going to sit here and pretend like, oh, except they're, they're nice people yeah so um i'm not going to pretend the giants fans have their heads on straight however i do think there's some merit to saying we're the giants we don't have to hire a no. We're not the Jets, right? Like that's, right, that should be right, the you, tagline. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> literally down the hall. We're not them, and we win Super Bowls every five to ten years for the last thirty or forty years, and contend in between a little bit here and there, and have some great players that have come through here. And I mean, you guys are far outside of my area, but would you agree the Giants are? A franchise like the Steelers, or like I, I don't know, I don't. Are they like a like a mainstay, stalwart sort of franchise? Sure. Or not? Yeah, you, maybe the tier below tier, definitely tier below the Steelers, Packers, Cowboys, Niners, Cowboys. Yeah, I mean, like if you're talking about the mainstays, like that is the what Cowboys it is. Have sucked for twenty five years. Yeah, and, and, and Jason the Garrett Niners. is only 
And the Niners were pretty bad before uh, Harbaugh came into town. So I think the Giants and Niners actually are close to historical. That was like what a fifteen-year desert, right? That they were there were. Mm, I don't know if it was that long. But yeah, they were good in the early nineties. Judge Joe Brown shouldn't be the leading candidate. My point is, yes, if you're the Giants, not that you should have your pick of everyone, but you should be able to command a pretty big name. It's New York. It's the Giants. It's. But I mean. Well, it, the way that whole thing went with rule, though, I mean, this is part of the reason that I think Anish's contention about Brom in the NFL is a real concern, or Lincoln Riley you. right away, because obviously rule um, has had some pretty darn good success. But if you listen to how that thing went down, he had no, he had two owners on the hook who wanted to talk to him, right? Uh, Carolina offers him big money, nine million a year, I believe, right? Nine million a year, and he before he went to his Giants interview, he said, "Hey, they've offered," and the Giants pretty much said, "No, we're going to go hire a little small time guy." The Giants didn't want to pay nine million dollars because they're still paying Shermer for two more years. Is what I heard. And right. it's and a six but they million dollar money. buyout. But they no, print. they they do print money. They they do, and I thought that was really really short sighted to not bring him in and at least say, "Give us a chance to sell it to you," right? Um, when, uh, rules we, from up we, here too. He's he was from this area. He he was a Giants yeah, assistant he, under Coughlin. Yeah, he was an assistant. Yeah, that's why the Giants thing all, was the big rumor. All all. And yeah. I was nervous about that because I look at Rule and I'm like, uh, like he did a good job turning around two college programs, but quickly. Like, is there staying power? Does that translate to the NFL? Is he a guy you look at like Carroll, where you're you like, never oh, know. Be- I mean, that's the thing, and I generally I yeah. think it doesn't work, right? I mean, we talked about that. It generally doesn't work, but it seems to be. Tell me if you guys disagree. Higher percent percentage of success going into the NFL from college now than there was 10, 15 years ago. This because is the, the NFL same. Has turned into yeah. the cup. They modeled themselves after the college game. This is the same thing with. The NBA too. College uh, college coaches are getting becoming better candidates at the pro level. I think more so than schematic. Though in the NFL, it is. I mean, that's why everybody wants Lincoln Riley um, because of the schematic. Basically, every NFL offense is stolen from Lincoln Riley. Um, it's more just like you. There are no more. Um, the 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 first time Pete Carroll coaches that you're hiring, or the Rick Pitino type coaches, where they they think they're the ones, you know, they're the attractions. Mm-hmm. Um, you don't <laughs> have coach. Nobody is clamoring to hire Coach Calipari in the NBA, but nope. people want people like Brad Stevens or you know these kind of X's and O's um, schematic guys, Matt Rule, these kind of guys. Did you um, say Matt Painter? Sorry, my, my yeah, Matt Painter. Yeah, 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 Matt Painter. That's it. Which is a good transition. I uh, don't understand the tactical smock. I don't get it. <laughs> now, what I'm wearing you, right now. It's it a is a good sleeveless... smock. You you do have the you know, close to a smock. No, that's a sleeveless hoodie. There's a big that difference between that and the smock. I don't see the difference. Mine has a got hood the, on it. It's got the logo on it. He's got a smock with a logo. And by the way, one last thing on the whole football hiring coaches. Yeah, that's just that's what you used to look like at the Corec, that Jordan logo. Um <laughs> Boy, Anish, your desire for Purdue to have a quiet little four-win season. If Purdue won 10 games this year, I'm telling you, all these NFL jobs, throwing $8 million a year at Matt Rule. Yeah, I just wanted four or five wins. Nice, quiet off season. 
I honestly, Carolina. I'm I'm thankful Carolina's filled. I'm thankful Baltimore is doing thankful well. Lincoln Riley didn't leave Oklahoma. I'm right? thankful. Yes, absolutely. That's, that's, all those little uh, holes in the dam. They're all plugged. Like I'm there's no. Th- I'm thankful that Tennessee is locked into Jeremy Pruitt, who is going to be a star for many years there. Extensions. Uh, Louisville should extend their uh, Satterfield right now. Legitimately, um, Gator Bowl winning. winning. Tennessee, Jeremy That's Pruitt, right. I should say. That's right. That's Gosh, right. I we have to take a moment. That was such a fun night. But once you win the Gator Bowl, they say it's like a it's a line in your career that that's what you're introduced for the rest of your career. Gator Bowl winning coach. Uh, exactly. Exactly. Like Hall of Famer. It's yeah. Indy five hundred winner. What I thought was Super really Bowl nice winner. though, despite um, Tom Allen not winning that bowl game, I thought it was really nice that he got the Gatorade bath. To celebrate such a successful, the, the I most successful season, I thought that was nice. <laughs> During the handshake, they were both soaked. It was funny. It was very funny. We had to I do. I don't know if I've ever seen. Have you guys ever seen a Gatorade bath during the handshake? Nope. Nope. That was <laughs> you. I sent you guys the image of the <laughs> Iowa, <laughs> the or the Idaho Potato Bowl. <laughs> so legit. <laughs> Michael goes. Oh, that's real. Because <laughs> I think we have to. Now that we're talking about it, we have to put that up. Michael's with the comment. Michael's comment was the best, which was uh, Solich's face screams, "My friends died in the war." <laughs> Poor guy. Even uh, as he's having he soggy is... French fries dumped on him, he had the same face. <laughs> so those those French fries are they greasy? Do you think? I would think they would. I be, think right? so. Probably. They've been sitting in a cooler for two hours. You couldn't dump hot french fries on someone, so they're going to be... Yeah. Let's be, let's be no, honest. No, no, no. They you can't dump hot, dumb. greasy fries. No, 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 You'll have burns. They actually... They, they actually came right out of the fryer. Or, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. No, but no, no. More on the Gator Bowl. I would like to talk about that collapse. That was How much delicious. Were they up? 18, 13? 14. 14. They were up, uh, sorry, 13, 22 to 9, I believe. 13 with four minutes left? About that, yes. And the best part, even in the fans, they give up a touchdown. It's like two and a half minutes to go. So the onside kick is a definite possibility. <laughs> Indiana had like three guys up. The Did you see the onside kick get recovered? It I was one heard of those, it. It bounced at 10 was, yards, yeah. and the Tennessee player just followed it and took it. Yeah. Like, there was no... He didn't no have to have to bounce awareness off. by the IU player. Yeah. No, it didn't have to bounce off. He just went and got it. Like, they must they have didn't, looked... They didn't attack the ball at all on the IU players. So. What's that? The IU players did not attack the ball at all. That's what I've been told. I... Yeah. No. I, I That was amazing. And it's an amazing... You know, we can laugh all we want at IU, and we do, but that is a huge breakdown in coaching. That is, yes, to be able I to think, oh. you know, Baylor has an opening. They've got to be looking at Tom Allen. I mean, you got to. You know. One phone call. That's it. That's yeah, it. you have to. You'd be derelict in your duty. Yep. So, I don't know how they would all process that if they lost their coach to another school. I think that'd be pretty funny, though. Because well, who would it's you? Pretty funny watching them process this last week because i've just been watching someone twitter and i haven't been poking the bear at all just kind of listening to things they're said they are like the five real iu football fans are very sad they're not 
They're not angry. They're sad. They were they were counting their chickens, man. I don't blame that them. That nine win Indiana. Nine, yeah. Our friends at Homefield, they were loving it too. I don't know <laughs> if you were. saw that night. They said they put up a tweet and they said, "Show us your home field apparel that you're wearing." And there's like first five or six for IU stuff, and I replied with my with my Purdue sweatshirt that they sent me. <laughs> and they go, "Oh no!" Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, you made it. It's great. What's the matter? You got, you Why do you guys this... all get quiet all of a sudden? I don't understand. What happened? What happened? Oh, man. they posted. Homefield posted a picture of the boxes coming back from the bowl. Did you see that? So they had all their extra shipment that they didn't sell shipped back up to Indiana. And the first box they opened was a t-shirt box full of nine wind Indiana. <laughs> I mean, it's novelty now, right? It's like uh, pa- Patriots 19 and 0. Oh, well, the best thing is the fans are saying, save it for next year. Okay. <laughs> well, they know what they're saying is that, and they're looking at their schedule and they're saying, well, they're going to be seven and zero heading to Ohio state or whatever it is. They open the season in Madison. Listen, uh, Minnesota, Minnesota Stop. went Minnesota went seventeen and zero this year, or something like that. So who knows any anymore? What I know, I know, me right here. <laughs> and if they did lose Tom Allen, I guess what would they do next? Hire an eighth grade coach? Yeah, what would? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Do you go to middle school? Clay like middle school. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Clay, yeah, Clay, Clay's doing well. I think Creekside has a great coach. <laughs> All right. We should transition because, as usual, we've gone off the rails. But um, we said this handsome hour was was gonna was <laughs> getting hand signals from the, from the through the glass. Yes. Oh, yes. We should break for one minute. We'll be right back. Looking for a place to get some food and a beer? You should check out AJ's, founded by a couple of Purdue alums. At AJ's, located in a new spot on Vine Street, just off Northwestern in West Lafayette. You can sit down, have a bite to eat, enjoy one of their dozen beers on tap, and watch a game. Tell them Boiled Sports sent you. You might get a confused look, but tell them anyway. For great burgers, beef, and beers, visit AJ's. Check them out at eataj's.com or visit them on Vine Street in West Lafayette. Sorry. Welcome back to the Handsome Hour. Mmm, AJ's. <laughs> AJ's the newest member of the Boiled Sports family. We're welcoming... We're, we're making them regret their decision. We're mocking them. No, we're not mocking we're them not at mocking all. Them. We are you mocking ourselves. Sarcastic. Mm. That, that wasn't sarcastic. It sounds delicious. I've been eating very well lately, and some fried food and burgers sounds delicious to me. I think, think about I who you're eaten, talking about. I've eaten nothing but grease for the last three months. It's bad. Ever since the Boiled Sports Summit, it's been bad. <laughs> so good. Steve. That was a bad weekend. I, I remember feeling like I had grease oozing out of you. Those 70 30 burgers or whatever the hell those things were. That was. Uh, it it would, cleared the hangover, though. Thing. Yeah, yeah, that's a, yeah. Breakfast with seventy thirties when you're a little bit hungover, it's fine. Um, no, we we did say this handsome hour we would touch on basketball, and I feel like we've we've delayed enough. Now we must actually talk about what's going on. Purdue Purdue's going to make the final four clearly because last year they were in bad shape, and Boiler Dad told us on the side this team is good, the NIT, and then they almost went to the final four. So he's said that recently too. So I assume that the same will apply. I don't want to hear that there's no Carson Edwards. There's still a Carson Edwards. 
He just doesn't play for Purdue. He just doesn't oh, play for okay. Purdue. That's all we maybe, have to there say. There was a hidden one on the roster. I That's know. all we have to say. Listen, we're going to the Final Four. Look, Thanks for listening to the Bullet Sports. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> I like that Anish was traveling during that game the other night. And I don't know if you were serious or not, but you came on and you said, oh, I thought it was the first half. I legit know. Yeah, because it's like I'm I only got back from India like a week ago and I had, and I I drove back to Indiana. From India? And so it's like I I'd like, yeah, yeah. So like, oh, the whole way I drive across the ocean and stuff. And so it's like I've just been like traveling nonstop for the last three weeks, and I had no idea what time it was. Is that or why you when guys live in Indiana? Did your family come yeah, from India yeah, and say, yeah, yeah, yeah. "What's there? Oh, like, Alex is close, close enough." Indiana, yeah, yeah. Indiana, that's perfect. Pretty, pretty much. Yeah. And so it's like I saw it, and then I was like, "Listen, it's you know fifty-five to thirty-seven. It's pre- we got a whole second half. Yeah. Better have a better second half, yeah." You know what the ter- the terrible thing about that is? I don't think Illinois is very good. What? <laughs> I what? I watched that game and I was sure that was uh, uh, what they call them, the flying Illini, right? I mean, Purdue couldn't stop a damn thing there. <laughs> well, but the funny thing was, as bad as Purdue was, they actually didn't feel out of it for a long time. Even in the first half, they no. were like. You're like, oh, they're only down, you know, 15. Like, if Purdue scores at all, it's going to be a game. They cut it to nine two or three times, and I was like, how the hell? It's a single-digit game right it's now. 28 to 19. What is going on here? Then I was well, like, oh, they have 28 points. That's why. I mean, like, that, that's, a, that's a bad team. And the funny thing is they've got, like, it's the most cocky bad team that I think Purdue's played in a long well, time. Did you notice that? Yes, but I I don't know if that I've seen that before. We've we've seen, we've seen Purdue play some teams that have no business flexing, and they do. But Rutgers Rutgers last year was a team. Yeah, they had. knew something though because they're actually good now. Yeah, they are. Are they ranked? They, they, not ranked yet? No, but I think they play. Um, they have another game this weekend that I think Penn they'll State. probably get. A, no, they just beat Penn State last night. Oh, uh, yeah, they yeah. play. They play the very tough fighting Illini. They play the Illini who. While you and I know they are not that good, you have a decent record. Just beat Purdue. That that win will matter if they beat them. And I think they'll get enough votes. They'll definitely get votes. They'll be thirteen three or fourteen three. They'll be four and one in conference. Be four and one in conference. Dude, the only their conference schedule it, it's State. ridiculous because then they play IU, who's uh, not great, and then they play Minnesota, who Purdue beat, and then they play Iowa, who's not great, Nebraska, and then they play Purdue. Before playing Michigan, before playing Michigan, they get Purdue at their place, which makes me a little concerned. Anish and I have had trouble going in to see. Oh, I would be concerned this year with that. (laughs) I think there's reason. I think that's warranted. They won. uh, They beat a ranked Seton Hall by twenty. They beat ranked Penn State by eleven. I mean, when you're beating ranked teams by Seton Hall game's a little weird because right, they lost a guy to injury, and it kind of, I'm told, the air went out of the balloon. Um, it did, but but man, when you're beating ranked teams by double digits, I don't think that's fluky. Is all I'm saying. Right. Rutgers right. seems to be good. And I mean, like you're right. They they have a lot of even last year. We I remember that they were a team full of athletes, mm-hmm. um, and so it's like they put it together. It is what it is. So it's not going to be a walk in the park. It's not great, but 
luckily Purdue has two easy games coming up. Yeah, three, <laughs> three, three easy ones in Michigan, a row. Michigan, Michigan State, and Maryland in a row. Oh, blah, 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 blah. that could be. I a did problem. two away. Michigan and Maryland are away, and Michigan State's at Trump. home. So, um, the 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 problem with the Illinois loss is that it came right before this stretch because this stretch is probably going to be 0 and 3 or if Purdue is lucky 1 and 2 um regardless of whatever happened up till this point just the talent level of this team says that the most likely scenario is an 0 and 3 or 1 and 2 um uh, result coming out of the next week of basketball and so going into it getting doubled by Illinois not ideal Especially after a, a thrilling Minnesota game where they snatched victory from the jaws of whatever. Um, and so it's like, and and that was a great way to rebound after Butler, right? And so it's like every time this team builds that momentum, the Ohio, so the Nebraska loss was really deflating. But then they went to Ohio decent team on the road you never want to take them for granted they went there they took care of business it was never in doubt and then the butler game happened and it was a nine point win but it was a or a nine point loss but it was a, was a lot bigger than a nine point i mean like it was never really in doubt for right, butler right they showed a little Purdue showed a little fight that made it a little more interesting than what the it really was. I mean, the numbers look more interesting than the game really was. Right? And then they rebound Central Michigan, a great win uh, against 97 Minnesota. points scored. 97 points scored. I'm looking back right now, and, and they didn't – I do think there's a chance that 37-point output is, oh, yeah. is a weird anomaly because yeah, they've mean, not had that much trouble scoring this year. I mean, and they held Virginia to 40. And I remember Virginia hitting a bucket very late. I think it was a three. So – you know, we're talking about how demoralizing 37 points is. They almost did that to Virginia, the defending national champ. Purdue beat number five Virginia. They beat number 20 VCU. I mean, they've actually got some quality wins on their schedule right now, right? You And yeah. what did we just say? You've got chances at other quality wins. Right? Yeah, and and they're, certainly a, build a they're a good – they don't – they're not the 2013 right. team, right, which didn't have any effort. I mean, like, you know, Boilertown. Well, Ryan, you said that. The, the, yeah. The, yeah, you said you were there, and effort was not the issue. So, so, and I've, I've been kind of smacked across the face with a different story, though, on the road, which is says a lot about this team. Mm. So, in person, I can tell you, those guys were busting their ass, okay, at the Minnesota game. Newbert and multiple players after the Illinois game said, we got out fought, our effort wasn't there, we weren't intense enough. And I'm like, man, that's crazy, because that Minnesota game just looked like well, even when things weren't going their way, they were really, really scratching and clawing. Mm-hmm. The Illinois game, I was like, I just kind of assumed they were fighting and they couldn't shoot. But um, don't you think that's a that's when you start a game down eleven nothing? You you it's very hard to maintain a level of energy when it feels like it's not your night. Isn't that true, or is that not an excuse? Is well, that on the, on I don't the road, think it's but you still want to. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it was within striking distance. It was, you know, and so it that's was. that's kind of when you lock it down, and instead they let the lead grow from nine to 20, whatever, 30, whatever. Um, and had so... a great point. Uh, this is another one of those comparative things I did the, after the Illinois game. I said, Illinois had 30 points in the paint. Purdue had 37 points, right? That's a, that's a bad stat. Um, another bad stat. Purdue had 37 points. Carson Edwards had 40 points in the same arena two years ago. I mean, <sighs> there's no, I, and you know, the, 
observation by Michael is that uh, is spot on. Um, that Purdue is actually getting decent looks. Purdue is yeah. swinging the yeah. ball well. It's just it, it, the the shooting on this team isn't consistent. Well, don't you think that's a good sign that they're still yeah, moving the ball well? If shots start to fall, you you have another Virginia game. I mean, I, no? I, I, I and they're going to do that again this year, guys. I am do it, and it'll make us mad. It's not going to make us happy because you'll really. say uh, no, it will. Because to me, they're going to lose another shitty game to a bad team. Yeah, I'm, I'm positive. And then they're going to have a game where they blow somebody out like Maryland or Ohio State, and we're <laughs> right. going to be like, "Son of a, they should be a 21 team," but they're going to be like a 17, 18 win team tops. I, you know, to me, it's just like these. The first of all, this season was always going to be after you know year after year, you're losing these massive pieces, you're redshirting two guys. Next year, you're bringing in two really talented backcourt players. This was always going to be the year where either it was going to be a reset or it was going to be a year where um, Matt Harms and and uh, uh, Nojel Eastern uh, take a little bit of a leap. Um, and neither one of them really has. I, I actually think Nojel has taken a leap defensively. I think he's a I think he's a better defender this year than he was last year, which is a I, I mean, like, I don't know if there's a bigger compliment to give him, um, but he is still equally bad offensively i mean like equally inept um offensively completely non-existent um in terms of a weapon and the fact that he doesn't shoot free throws Dowd, this is your observation the fact that he can't shoot free throws and that he is scared to shoot free throws which is crazy because against virginia we saw him drive to the hoop and not be scared to take free throws Mm -hmm. in the most you know pressure-packed environment possible and now all of a sudden this year he doesn't even seem to be you know seem to want to do that aaron wheeler is taking a step backwards Mm -hmm. these are all i I would challenge you guys to do something and if you're listening not just my my uh beautiful co-host on the other side of the glass here I would challenge all of you to go back, look up Nogel Eastern's high school highlights. You'll see a different guy. His demeanor is different, right? He still couldn't shoot, but he was fearless going at people. He played a different brand of offense. Um, It's kind of heartbreaking to see that. Weirdly enough, it kind of reminds me of Ray Davis in, in a way, at least the offensive way, because like, in high school, Ray Davis was a monster mm-hmm. offensively. He was actually a, a non-factor defensively, and it completely and that totally reversed. flipped. Yeah, yeah at, when he came to Purdue, and now, I saw Ray Davis at the Minnesota game. Like I was next to him in the concession line. Yeah, and so Very it's tight. like so it's um, but I, I for I I don't place the the fault at Nogel's feet, honestly, for this year at all. It is, there are other players on this team that have been really, really, I mean, the entire bench is, you know, there's nothing. There is not a single option that can be relied on on the bench. Is that right? I challenge. Yeah. I thought, I thought a year ago when we talked about if Carson leaves, whose team is this? I thought it was generally agreed. It's no gels team almost without a doubt. I, no. I mean, emotionally, no. Emotionally, it was always Harms team, mm, uh, and know. that's for and that's yeah. for for better or for worse. I mean, like he was the kind of emotional, <clears throat> you know, uh, leader of the team, and the fact that he is really loud when things are going great and not 
you know, and, and kind of reserved when things aren't going great is probably a, a microcosm of the team. His concussion hasn't helped. And the fact that there's no bench scoring at all is, is really disappointing. Um, that being said, on the quick cast, Dowd, I do, I don't think pulling any red shirts or even talking about pulling any red shirts is the, is the answer. No, um, can't do it right now. Yeah. Right. And, and I don't think Newman would it's see, I think Gillis was always going to be red shirted. Yeah. Um, so Newman was the surprising one coming into the year. He was a good sharpshooter. He was skinny, kind of reminded me of, uh, of, um, um, Eric Hunter last year, possibly a great shooter, a little bit undersized, um, and Eric Connor played and, and it wasn't that great last year. Painter probably regrets playing him last year, but who knows if he would be here um, without it. I, I'm not sure how much of a difference it would make um, and how much of it, and how much it really matters. If it's the difference between, you know, 19 and 20, 20 to one wins, it's like, is it really 19 and 20, 18 and 20 wins? Is it really worth an entire year? I, I, oh. I think it is. I'll tell you why I think it is. I, my philosophy has changed on this a lot. The reason I think I would not register redshirt a guy that is as good as either Gillis or Newman. Gillis is obviously coming off an injury. So that's, that's a little bit of a different situation, but I'm told he was healthy coming in. Um, but the reason I wouldn't do it is because of the rampant transfers. I would say, you know what? If you're good enough to play, we're gonna we're gonna play you. We're not gonna redshirt you. This the, the era is different now, um, and I understand. I understand Painter's thought process before the season, because you'd say, okay, well, you got Wheeler, you got you got uh, Thomas, you've got Hunter, you've got. There's plenty of guys here. The problem is Wheeler, Boudreaux. Um, uh, those two guys specifically, they're not viable scoring options, right? When they come in, they're really not. I mean, Boudreaux comes in to give minutes, really to spell someone if they get in foul trouble or need need wind. But uh, Proctor has taken a half step back against bigger competition, which I think Painter probably didn't see this coming either, right? He's really struggling finishing at the hoop. He's really struggling against height and athleticism. And um, all those things come together. That's a confluence of tough factors. And it's going to be really, really tough for Purdue to put something together here that gets them even close to the tournament right now. But I, I, that second part, though, I don't know about because this is a, this is a historically weak field. Um, it is. And so the bottom of the, you know, the, the bottom of that power five that's going to qualify for the tournament is going to be really weak um everybody has a ton of losses fair. look at the big and 10 so, look at the big yeah. 10 in general like i mean i look at the acc look at i mean like it's look all at north carolina like, oh they're they're the least talented team that roy williams has ever had <laughs> says roy mission. williams um, struggling about so it's like i i I think it's still going. First of all, I think it's going to be a, a, the among the weakest um, uh, tournament fields 
that we've ever seen, which means it's among the more unpredictable. It'll be pretty fun. Um, but that also means that teams like Purdue at this point in the year still have a shot. Oh, um, definitely to make shot. the still have a significant shot to make the tournament. There's, there's a the lot game. of basketball to be played. Like Jay said, there's tons of opportunity out there. There's no yeah. doubt. But I mean, I look at the schedule. You've got to, you got to find 11 wins. I, I don't know how you, you find get to 20. Right. Right. I don't know how you do that with these road woes. I mean, that to me. Well, let, let's assume they win most of their home games, right? What can they win at Michigan? Can they win at Maryland? Well, they, they, historically, Michigan is a place where you'd say, "Okay, this has happened." This in this program, they've gone to Chrysler and won, right? Like some um, of these at Rutgers, at Northwestern, yep, exactly. Indiana, sure. Rutgers, and Northwestern are the ones that you have Iowa. To have. And you you get those three away games in February, and all of a sudden we can start to have a conversation about twenty wins, um, <clears throat> and you you hold the homestead as well. You don't um, have to go to Michigan State. You don't have to go to Penn a, State, which actually matters this year, right? But and but but well, but in the short term, you know we're we're planning a pod next week. Uh, in the short term, just be ready for 0-3 against Michigan, Michigan sure. State, Maryland, because these are three pretty good, well, you know, two pretty good teams and one team from Maryland. And so it's like, <laughs> but they're still better than Purdue. So it's like, do two I Pretty good teams and a team from Maryland? What do, do you have I against Maryland? Maryland? What are you I think he's not buying into what the media has been selling. Is what I, I think, I, well, Anisha is saying one and two in that three-game stretch is what it sounds. That's what I heard. I'm just saying I'm not sure that I'm the biggest. Uh, well, if you're going to doubt a team right now in the Big Ten, it's tough not to doubt Ohio State, what they've been doing. I mean, they have regressed, what, three straight losses now. And one of those two was to one of the, that team from Maryland. Um, but Purdue only gets to play them once this season. So, so I, I will say it's, there are a good amount left. I don't think it's too hard of an ask. Um, to hold the homestead and to pluck off those three wins uh, away, and you—that's a recipe for um, for a tournament berth. But it still means that we're probably going zero and three in the next stretch, and it, the message boards aren't going to get any. Michigan fret. State is due for a loss. They're four and zero. They're coming into Mackey. Tom Izzo's afraid of Mackey. Come on, let's be honest. I, <laughs> that'd be a fun. That'd be a fun one. That'd be a fun one, but I see two or three home losses. Two or three home losses. You see Michigan State. You see. You see Penn State maybe at home, right? Yeah, yeah. And I got to tell you the the weird one that I that I'm bothered by for some reason. I'm, Wisconsin always bothers me, but Iowa at bothers home? me. Yeah, uh, Iowa does. Wisconsin's a real up and down team. When they give you your best effort, they beat teams. They've done it a bunch of different times. You've got to go there, which Matt Painter is not afraid. We know that, but right uh, that that the road game doesn't bother me as much as the home game. Um, because you have home. to have the home game so much. Yep, yep, yep. And so Iowa has very good big men. Uh, that's kind of Purdue's kryptonite, right? When like look what Illinois did. They use big strong guys to neutralize Purdue's strength. And then if Purdue doesn't shoot well that day, that's trouble. Teams yeah, like Northwestern yeah. aren't scary, um, you know, because they're not big. Um, but. When when the two big lineup, and when Purdue's got the two big lineup in, and Hunter and Sasha are hitting their shot, hitting their threes, 
produce a good team because that you put no gel on the floor and that's a great defensive team. It's a versatile offensive team. That's when Purdue's playing their best. But when any part of that is off, when any part of that fine man lineup is off, there's not enough. They're just they're so streaky. They're I mean, not enough Sasha, bench scores. Yeah. They're they they can have these amazing games and then they can have a four point game. And that's the yep, absolutely we, we were so that's maturity, with, right? I mean that that's the junior just, man. I know, but it's still maturity because he came in as a guy that was mentally very up and down, right? He settled it a little bit, but he still gets real excited, real down on himself, however you want to look at it. Well, it's what we talked about with – we always tried to keep it in perspective with Carson that we felt like people were going to miss even a marginal night for Carson. He got his points. Yeah. Right. He, he scored points. The team – he never had a four-point game. He he found a way to fill it up. He had bad games, quote unquote, where he scored twenty, right? Yeah. Which is, <laughs> I, I need. would enjoy them now. <laughs> However, a twenty point game would have against <laughs> against Illinois would still have resulted in a loss. So who knows? <laughs> <laughs> you know what? Losing a road game in the Big Ten, we've always said it, it is, is not the end is. of the world. It's it not is. the end of the world. It, it was the way they lost, and it was the yeah the complete. I mean, 37 points. The worst. Well, I've I, put hope, in 70 I hope in, a, in two months, in a month and a half, we are saying, remember that Illinois game? The players rallied in that closed-door meeting that they didn't tell anybody about, and I mean, everything changed there. Because that's happened under Painter we, I was going to say, we say that kind of tongue-in-cheek, but right. I'm going through every year, and there seems to be one that yep. happened. Who shot yep. 25% from the field and 17% from three. That's not going to. That's and like even, what fifty nine percent from free throw. All these things like just that's not all going. I just think, I think it was a terrible night. And unless yeah. you see it again, I don't think the people overreacting. I mean, I don't mean anyone specific out in the internet world, but I do think if you're reacting poorly to this team after one bad game, I mean. But uh, but you're kind of I t- I don't know if you're you're not looking at it because. You don't want to look at it, or you're not looking at it because you really don't see it. They had streaks versus Texas where they went cold and they didn't score when they really needed. No, Marquette, yeah, yeah. Florida State, right? Those I know. Nebraska, those they had, they had these streaks, but that was just like a super streak. So to me, those other games, they lost those because they couldn't score for seven, eight minutes, which is, I don't want to say the norm. It's the norm versus good teams. Even versus BCU, they had a long streak where they couldn't score. Yes, I know. And they so, only scored 59 for the game. But they also right. scored 97 against Central Michigan. They scored 83 against That's Minnesota. That's what this team's do. This team is the Curtis Painter of Matt Painter basketball team. <laughs> you know, that's a lot of analogy in there. <laughs> they're going to beat the crap out of bad teams. Absolutely. Roll up points, and you're going to go, oh, all right. They're fine. Yeah. Oh, no, they're not fine. And Curtis Painter wasn't very good on the road either, so that's just another part of this analogy. This team is stronger at home, and they are stronger versus weak teams, and they just kick those teams when they're down, right? And it's made some of their statistics look better than they are. I mean, look, computers were telling us Purdue was a top 25 team, not p- human polls, but computer polls were telling us that until about a week ago. 10 days ago, right? Uh, now, there's no worry about that, right? You don't have to worry about the, you know, anybody thinking this is a top 25 team. They'd have to do a tremendous amount of work to get back there. But like Haslametrics, for instance, he, his, his, um, 
calculations. His algorithm had a lot of respect for Purdue before the Nebraska game, and that re- respect has been just ripped away. Um, but that respect was put there because of the Central Michigan games and the Ohio games, right? Those games where they just really— Virginia. Was, well, that good win. A couple a, good wins. But so Virginia's it, not very good. That, I got— I don't, nobody, I nobody's not very, very nobody's very good this year. It's fine. So that's it'll be it'll be okay. This is to anybody who needs to hear this, it'll be all right. It's gonna Wonderful. be okay if we have to watch them in the NIT. It's gonna life will still go on. Ethan Morton scored uh, what was it thirty points, grabbed twenty three rebounds, oh. and dished sixteen assists. Yeah, night, sold so hot dogs at halftime. Exactly. And, the 50, and they said that game, I don't know if you read up. I, I read a little. Anish probably did. But they said he started off really slowly. And I'm like, how long was he not playing well before he just started dumping things in buckets? Just stats. Just grabbing it against, stats. It was against Pine Richland, too, who's like, they're number they're five typically, in the state. Yeah, right? they're typically, I think they won the Western Pennsylvania title last year so it's like they're a strong team yeah that was a and big so game was... for them supposedly jay I, I don't think you cared enough to do what i did i just i got really dorky about this game and that was two top seven teams in the state playing against each other and um it was an important game for both teams and uh it's, there, I, there's I think... tons of things to be excited for for next year i've been pointing it next year though for a while i never thought this year would be the year no I don't think anybody. I didn't. Year, tr- I didn't think it'd be this bad of this year. So honestly, yeah. The, it's the, it's just over. like I mean, like you know, the the uh, was it Illinois also this year? Um, the football game too. It's like there there are these games <laughs> during rebuilding years that you know that get you a little bit spooked. And I don't. Blame, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't blame you. I was spooked during the Minnesota game when I was watching them fight so hard and not get anything done. Cause I was like, they're really working hard. They're doing what painter wants them to do. And they still can't do it because they don't have enough guys. They can actually score, you know? Um, but then Sasha kind of flipped that switch on again and bang, 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 you're right back in it. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but the, the thing about this team that, that will stay Travion Williams and Matt Harms are, are very, Williams. very good big men. They are, yeah. I'd say top seven, top 10 big men, both of them. And Trevi Sasha. has become like the steadiest player mm-hmm. on this team, I feel like, right mm-hmm. now. He's the most reliable, steady player. That's Trevi. Yeah. Don't he, you think? He can't, but he can't shoot free throws either, which is a problem. Because teams that can't guard him, they hack him. Yeah, I know, but he doesn't seem afraid to shoot him. Nope. Minnesota, I can tell you, Minnesota game, he was afraid to shoot. Um, he, he hit. He a made cup, a critical one missed, in double overtime. He did, but he missed what he missed. He missed two. Missed the front of that one. He missed the, he missed front, the front of the yeah. one. Yeah. And he made the one he had to make, and they went right. to Minnesota had a lead in the final 15 seconds of regulation and the first overtime, and the ball, and and couldn't close it twice. Sasha hit Three-point lead. Three-point yeah. lead with a matter. Three-point lead with 15 seconds and the ball. Yep, yep. We all so, said on our – we were like, well, that's that's that. Yeah. I mean, so yeah, this team so still got some surprises. I think this team still got some surprises. It's fine. Thank God for little Patino. They've got some, they've got six players. <laughs> this team's got six players you can rely on. So it's fine. It's fine. Well, it's, I, it's gonna be fine. Like I said, it's gonna be. I'm not I'm not a life or death guy by any means at this point in my life about the about Purdue basketball, but uh, I am not a. Uh, <laughs> 
coming. Um, I'm not optimistic, but opportunity abounds. And that's the thing that's great about college basketball. It's great about being in a major conference. Look at all the ranked foes you've got on the schedule, or you can say, "Oh, look at all the ranked foes on the." No, it's look at all the ranked. <laughs> look at all the ranked. You know, look at all the ranked teams, and look at all the ranked teams that aren't really that good. Go uh, conference. Like, yeah, so it's like I'm I'm like fine with it. We got it. It'll be fine. So, so you're uh, predicting a uh, final four is three and zero oh in the next okay. three games and a final five. four berth. Yes. yes. Right. In the next three games, like they'll just they'll, they'll just award it. Yeah, 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 it's like a bull bid. Wow! Yeah. Congratulations! Here's your midseason trophy. Exactly. They gave one of those to IU back in December of one season, but they still they still they commemorate it. Yep. So it's so, fine, Jay. If you were going to make a prediction right now, what do you say? Postseason. What is this team? Oh, I thought you were asking about the election or something. Yeah. Um, <laughs> post post season. <laughs> Uh, I if I oh man, I agree. I actually agree with Anish. I think the field is so weak this year that I think they're going to be in it to the end. And if I have to make a prediction, I'll say they squeak in as a maybe it'd be maybe they get in as the uh, play in twelve seed game. That'd be kind of funny, kind of entertaining. Ohio I State's know, been but... it, so it's not unprecedented for a Big Ten team. Yeah, so. I'll take yeah. it. I think I think that sounds right. I think that sounds right. Okay, I see. Yeah. And I see. <laughs> So yeah. it's close. It's close. But but you get to host an NIT game as a really good NIT team. That's fun. That's that that's, so that's memory, fun. memory making playing games in Mackie in March. It's fun. It's fun. You don't get to do that at all. It's time to get warm. To a half like, full oh. Mackie Arena. <laughs> they played CBI games in Mackie Arena. CBI. Oh, and I was that there. Was, that's the last yeah. time I sat those type of tickets for the Minnesota game. Uh, yeah, those CBI Santa games Clara. were depressing. Really the CBI was a mistake. And they lost. Yeah. I saw that in person. It was not great. Not great. <laughs> Man. <clears throat> but the tickets are very affordable. Economical. Good. Yes, it's a, it's good... a good economic decision. <laughs> and it may be a good thing if you guys want to take a note of this. Uh, if Purdue falls to that level again. You take your kid, and maybe it balances out some of the brainwashing to make them have no choice but being a Purdue fan. Oh, like, yeah, they're like, Whoa. They're like, oh, Whoa. that wasn't good. That was really Seeing bad. it up that, up that close, you mean? Like, oh, yeah, this... yeah, yeah. So, but uh... well, <clears throat> good, good stuff. Happy New Year to everyone. Uh, you, you really should check out our our friends, uh, friends of the program. Uh, as always, Martin Vintage. Go to martinvintage.com, 20% off if you enter boiled. Um, and then wear that shirt over to AJ's the next time you're on campus. They're right there, right off the edge of campus, basically. Just run in there, you yell, Jay sent me. They'll know what that means. That means you will get 20% added to your tab. It's kind of a weird inverse of the Martin Vintage deal. But the um, balance in the universe. Exactly. It's got to go somewhere. Somebody's got to pay for that discount. All right. I love you guys night.